When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, welcome to Hewitt Home, I'm Tracy Koga. Well, we had promised you that we are going to take you behind the scenes this year of so many wonderful things happening in our city. And today we're at the Caribbean Cultural Center. We're about to start open rehearsal for Winnipeg's Chamber Orchestra Mosaic under the artistic direction of Larry Strong. And it is a rehearsal for a huge show coming up at the end of February in honor of Black History Month. This is a great opportunity for local people to really be upfront and personal with classical music. So we'll have more on this incredible event and the show coming up with Larry Strong. This is Hugh at Home. Well, Larry, it is so good. Music is back. And you have embarked on an incredible journey. So I want to talk this first part about the orchestra itself. And let's start with the name. Orchestra Without Borders. Yes, Chamber, Chamber Orchestra Without Borders and the um, performing ensemble, which is called Chamber Orchestra Mosaic. So just to sort of exemplify the cultural mosaic that appears in Winnipeg, and we wanted to bring, you know, um, the other cultures that exist in Winnipeg through the creation of orchestral music. We wanted to highlight, you know, what other cultures have brought to the classical, the very European-centric classical medium of orchestra, but that many other cultures have sort of infused their particular brand of culture into that. And, and, and we're in a multicultural society, a multicultural city, and we want to sort of a mirror what Winnipeg is through what we do. So. so they say that, you know, music is a universal language and that all can enjoy. Is this something that you wanted to instill, Larry, when this was just an idea to do? <laughs> Well, it didn't start off like that way for me because you know, I'm, I'm a classically trained person. I went to U of M. I learned all the obligatory music that I need to learn by all the masters throughout classical history. And um, sort of a turning point for me would be just kind of discovering the music of Scott Joplin and his rags and thinking, oh, there's a, there's a black man who wrote classically centric music in his own way with his own type infused African rhythms and you know which became ragtime and he's the leading exponent of it and then, and then I'm like oh I need to really explore this this Scott Joplin so I started to learn his music and and then just that sort of just made me more aware of okay what other composers of color are there out there and then when I did my when I was doing my masters in Virginia I met another an actual living African-American composer, Thomas Jefferson Anderson. So that just opened up another world for me. So when I came back at my master's and thinking of 
putting together an orchestra because I had done so in, back in the late, actually, during the flood of the century. That was the first time I put an orchestra together. <laughs> and it was, I remember we did our concert during the highest crest of the flood, you know, and there was like five people in the audience. People were trying to save their homes and I'm doing a concert, right? And, uh, um, and that was more of a, you know, very, it was different. I mean, I picked different, like, pieces by a French composer, 20th century Honegger, and by Massenet, like an opera composer, but we did like a string piece of his, and um, uh, Rodrigo, a Spanish composer. So we did some different things. Um, but there weren't any composers of color, per se, on the program, and there weren't any female composers either. No. So, so forward into mid-2000s, when I'm putting this orchestra together, and I'm like, you know, I, once, once I met Thomas Jefferson Anderson, I was like, I want to do one of his pieces, and that, well, he's a black composer, I, well, we'll just make the whole concert music by black composers. And, and so we did a piece of his uh, about Malcolm X, we did, um, we did a music by Eleanor Alberga, you know, a female Jamaican composer, you know, I wrote a short little piece for it, including steel drum. <laughs> um, so, you know, from, from that concert, you know, we had some people that were really enthusiastic about it, and that's where Chamber Without Borders was sort of created from that concert. Wow. You know, and so that's where the, or the nonprofit it became a nonprofit organization, and from then on, you know, the orchestra, well, the orchestra, I had called it Mosaic from the beginning, Orchestra Mosaic, but then the actual board was called Chamber Without Borders. So that's where it started. Uh, so, how do you choose your musicians? What makes a musician say, uh, say to you, uh, I need them in my orchestra? Well, they have to have the right background for it in terms of like their skill level. That's the first mm -hmm. thing. I mean, um, I went to, I'm a graduate of the School of Music. I'm, I'm, uh, I have a master's degree. I sort of been around people who've been university level performers. I've been around mm -hmm. professional level performers. So I sort of have an idea of the kind of level I'm looking for. Um, more and more, I mean, we are, we are in Winnipeg, so it is hard to always find, you know, classical musicians of a certain level that are of, a, of you know, that are musicians of color, right? But more and more I am thinking about that. I mean, uh, we've, we, have, we have had some black musicians in our concerts here and there, and things change, so some people move and some people move on to other things or just move from the province. But we always try to locate, um, uh, you know, compose the color. I'm very happy uh, for this concert to have a, a local cellist, Barry Philsame, who's playing a lot with the with the Manitoba Chamber Orchestra lately. Mm -hmm. um, and he's uh, he's from he's a black uh, musician from I think Florida originally, and he's he came here to study music. and And I met him when he's, when he's a student, and now he's a fully fully fledged professional playing with the yeah. Chamber Orchestra regularly. So he's agreed to join us. So I'm very happy about that. So. We, we always try to locate those top musicians around the, around the city. And they're all, they're all local musicians. There's nobody from outside Winnipeg. Wow. So Amazing. So there's a lot of incredible talent in the yes. city. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so even here today, this place, the Caribbean Cultural Center, mm -hmm. and this, and I'll, I want to honestly say it, it is a little of an event, <laughs> but it is an open rehearsal. Um, but explain more on sort of your idea behind this because you're going to have some guests here. Yeah, well, the, the idea was to, um, you know, finally bring the concept, you know, the concept of classical music in general, of rehearsing, you know, a piece of classical music has kind of 
foreign to a lot of people in, in the Caribbean community, mm -hmm. in the black cultures. You know, we're, we're talking about, we talk about black music, you're talking about music that's, that's uh, you know, spontaneous, spontaneous, mm -hmm. sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, jazz music, spontaneous, rap, hip hop, <laughs> spontaneous, it's, it's, it's on the go, it's, it's free flowing. Right, classical music is very formalized. It's written down, for one thing. Right, <laughs> it's like it's like a painting, but it's in notes, right? And how do we? How does a person organize that in the rehearsal? You know, um, what needs to be worked on? You know, what are the different colors that are in the orchestra? You know, those are the. Th so I'm bringing this open rehearsal so people can have a chance to, you know, hear the different colors of the orchestra, see how we rehearse. You know, a certain part for the rhythms, mm -hmm. for just trying to get the right balance right. and whatnot. Uh, what, you know, how do I know what part in the score to bring out, what to, what to make quieter. So um, just to see how that process goes in the rehearsal and to just get a sneak peek also what they'll hear at the concert in a, in a month's time. Right? Wow. So we're, we're rehearsing two pieces today, one from uh, an African composer. Mm -hmm and another one from a young Cuban composer, Jenny Pena. So, um, and that's for strings only. So, and actually that piece by Jenny Pena does involve a lot of improvisatory aspects to it, right? She has a lot of empty measures where she wants the players to emulate the sounds of, of, of Cuban or Brazilian um, percussion instruments and stuff like that. So she's allowed, she allows for a lot of improv, um, which, which is totally in touch with what her style, what her culture is in mm -hmm. Cuba, Cuban music, right? Very free-flowing, free so, well, yeah. it's so, so interesting. So, Larry, through all, all of this experience in creating this, what is your take now on music, and especially in the black community? Is it growing? Is it something that needs to be brought out more? And have you made an impact? I think you have. Well, I think maybe uh, an evening or an afternoon like today will maybe make an impact on the I know that there's a, a, a young a father who's going to be bringing his uh, two uh, children with him today, and maybe that will make an impact on them, you know, because um, yeah, we do need to have, I think uh, people in, the, in, the, in our black cultures need to have more of these experiences, mm -hmm. especially with regards to art music, classical music, um, that it's for them too. It's not, it's, it's not you know, I know a lot of it. Um, I mean, it is a European-centric form, mm -hmm. and that is kind of a bit of standoffish for a lot of people, but you know, there are a lot of people of my color, people from African, from, from all different backgrounds have been touched by classical music, by orchestral music, and they mm -hmm. wanted to print their own language on it, and people should know about these composers too, and that will help them to you know, get in touch with this style of music as well, and maybe uh, uh, if, you're, if you're of a younger age, and you're thinking about pursuing music, this might be the vehicle to, to do that. And I think overall, in general, I'm looking at, in terms of outside Winnipeg community, I'm very encouraged. I mean, it has taken a lot of work in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement for these things to happen, but I see a definite change in the global aspect of, I see a lot of orchestras performing music by current Black composers and past. Mm -hmm. um, especially Florence Price. I mean, Florence Price's music has really risen to the forefront. You know, she's, she was kind of a forgotten figure in American music, and now she's being, she's, she's like the greatest rec reclamation project going on right now. And uh, 
um, for music even won a Grammy. We, we actually have uh, another black composer this year that's being nominated for a Grammy for uh, Carl Simon, who's with the National Symphony in Washington, and so his, his music is being recognized. So it's slowly becoming, um, black people are certainly becoming noticed in terms of classical music these days. And, and if people are aware of these things, I think we'll get more people to, you know, want to explore that. Well, and I will play upon that last comment. When we return, we'll have more about Black History Month, music, and a special show coming up at the end of February. Don't go away. Still more to come on Hue at Home. Welcome back to Hewitt Home. I'm with Larry Strawn. He is the artistic director of Winnipeg Chamber Orchestra Mosaic. And Larry, you have an incredible show coming up, Shall We Gather, on February 26th. Uh, this is Black History Month. This sounds like the show for everyone to attend that would like to be educated more on not only history, but music, mm -hmm. correct? Correct. Um, shall we gather? Well, you know, we're trying to still come out of this global pandemic, right? So this is an opportunity for us to gather once again, for our orchestra to gather together once again, for everyone else to gather together to, to witness music by black composers once again, because we haven't done 
a Black History Month conference for 2016. So we're, so <laughs> we're way overdue in yes. bringing that to the public. And so um, right away, even with our first, one of the pieces we're rehearsing today is the piece we're going to open the concert with, which is called The Gathering by uh, Fred Onosuoke the, uh, from Ghana. So we're going to open that concert um, to welcome people back to something which you hope will be an annual event because there's just too much music. There's too much music by black composers out there to not have this as a yearly event. Always new things being created, always things that have been previously created that need to be, need to come out. Um, I can even think of, I'm just jumping ahead here, 2025 will be the 150th anniversary of Samuel Coleridge Taylor's birth. And he's a famous uh, English composer of African descent, you know, from the 19th century, who just was a trailblazer with his Hiawatha um, music. Uh, he, he created a whole oratorio for Hiawatha, which was, which was at that time the most performed piece other than Messiah at the time. It was, it was just a, it was, it was an outstanding composition, which received a lot of buzz and, and electricity. And so that's something that there's a composer we like to explore. We've never performed his music at any of our concerts. So we like to, when it's the 150th anniversary of his birth in 2025, we'd love to do that. So there's every, you know, there's, we could, we could do multiple concerts, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> but no. if we yes. can just do one a year for Black History Month every year, that's our goal, our target for now, so. And you're incorporating singers and video too as well, so it, it really is a story. We want to make this an educational experience. We just don't want to make it, okay, we'll play one piece and then on to the next piece and on to the next piece. No, we want to make this an experience and also an educational one too. Um, visually, artistically, sonically, like every way we can possibly do it. And yes, we are bringing in two singers and they're, and they're both going to be singing very important music. I mean, we have Zilla Jones who's our artist in residence. And um, she's a mezzo-soprano and she's going to perform this incredibly um, heart-wrenching piece called Tulsa 1921. And um, one thing I learned uh, during the pandemic, um, well, you know, unfortunately we had the death of George Floyd that happened during the pandemic. And, and we're sort of tying in with this concert, the Black Lives Ladder movement with aspects of the pandemic. So one thing that happened during the pandemic was the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I didn't know anything about. Um, so 1921, uh, a white mob just obliterated in the span of a day, an entire black community. And it was known as um, Greenwood. This is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There's a section in the town called Greenwood, which was known as Black Wall Street because it was the most prosperous black neighborhood in the States. And they had done so well for themselves, you know, doctors, um, the lawyers, I mean, they were just, it was an incredible, uh, they achieved such an incredible thing. And this is something that they started all by themselves by having to leave the, um, they had to escape the, the torture that they were enduring in the, in the Southern States, um, especially after, um, after slavery was, had ended, I mean, technically ended, you know, a lot of, Whites, especially in South, could not accept that. They couldn't accept black people owning land or black people having to vote. And that, that was just unacceptable for them. So black people's lives are even more intolerable, <laughs> if you could believe it, than their slavery. So they had to find somewhere else to go. And Oklahoma was the place to go because it was, at that time, it was called Indian Territory. They were allowed to go there. 
Um, and it was, wasn't officially a state yet, it was still a territory, Oklahoma. But once Oklahoma became officially a state and white people moved in, then there was always this simmering tension between the whites and the blacks in the Greenwood area. And then once, all, all it needed was a little spark for something terrible to happen. And there was just this alleged, quote unquote, rape of a black person on, upon a white woman. Never happened. It was just a little altercation in an elevator. It wasn't even an altercation. It was just a stumble of a black person going onto a train and maybe accidentally, you know, <laughs> you know falling into a white woman and she screamed. And, and that, that's what precipitated this whole, you know, they wanted, you know, the white mom wanted to lynch this person. Black people moved in to prevent it, and then just all hell broke loose, and the whites moved into Greenwood and just shot, killed, burnt the whole thing to the ground. Um, even, and the most shocking aspect of it was if they were so, they so wanted to decimate this place that they, some of them, some of them took planes and went overhead and shot down at the, at, at the residence and, and dropped bombs. And it was just a brutal act that seems to have gotten swept under the rug throughout history. I mean, I didn't know anything about this. And the composer Adolphus uh, Hale Stork, um, who's really been uh, very uh, active in writing about um, black issues and, and just honoring black people throughout history. Through, um, you know, he recently just wrote a piece about the George Floyd um, murder and, and during that time, during the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa massacre, he wrote this incredible piece for, for strings and harp and a mezzo-soprano soloist just to highlight the brutality of the 1921 massacre. So we're going to perform that. Um, and that's going to be... So uh, emotional. So it's going to be very emotional. And then we're also bringing in a, a guest artist from Toronto, Charlotte Siegel, who's a member of the Canadian Opera Company. Um, she was listed also as one of Canada's... Um, every year, CBC puts out these lists, you know, the top 30 young classical musicians to watch. And she was on it for 2021. So, so we're bringing her in to sing um, a piece by Jamaican composer, uh, Dr. Shirley Thompson. Um, she's uh, a UK resident, uh, but of, J of Jamaican heritage. And she's really channeling um, different aspects, different women throughout history in this three movement spirit song symphony. Um, so in one movement, she's channeling like the queen, uh, her homeland, Jamaica. She's channeling the nanny of the Maroons, you know, the queen of the Maroons. She defended uh, the former slaves against their owners and, and was able to establish her own community within, Grenada, within Jamaica and, uh, and repel all the advances of the British. And wow. just an incredible person, incredible story with the queen of the Maroons. And then the second movement um, will have to do with uh, this famous painting, which is still um, a very difficult painting to, to, to witness of a slave ship in which the, um, the captain of the slave, Captain Kimber, I think it was, a British captain, um, he, wanted to, he always wanted the slaves to quote unquote exercise. In order to exercise, he wanted them to dance in the ship. Well, this slave woman refused to dance, so he basically hung her by her leg upside down um, and she was flogged. And there's a painting of this. And this is sort of, this painting is sort of the reason why slavery was, was, was on its way out in Britain, was, was about to be, um, you know, was gonna, no longer, yeah, no longer possible, was not, no longer going to happen, um, how I got distinguished there. So, um, so it's about that. And then the third movement 
um, is about a famous uh, black female aristocrat in England called um, Dido Bell. And there's a famous painting of her with her white sister. I mean, um, Dido Bell was a product of, of a union of a, of a British captain and a slave woman. And she was brought over to Britain where she lived this aristocratic life, but then again, being a black woman in a white society was very difficult. So, but, so they had this famous painting was, that we'll show as well of, this, of her white sister, or, or I guess her, uh, yeah, together with her. Um, uh, and uh, being in the same proximity, which was very different for that time to have a, a black woman and a white woman in the same, wearing the same type of clothing. So. Yes, so. very, very. So, I mean, these are all like very, very important movements and, and moments in history. For you, Larry, when you put this show together and when you finally perform it, is it kind of a catharsis for you? Like it's been a long time coming mm -hmm. for you? It sounds like an incredible journey that you've been on. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's been sort of a journey. I mean, every time we do these kind of concerts, I learn something. I become richer for the experience. Um, you know, because you're, you know, you're highlighting these composers that need to have a, a voice. Um, some of them, uh, well, for the audience, most of them are not really well known at all. I mean, a lot of people come to me, oh, I didn't know there were black people that wrote classical music at all. <laughs> you yeah. know. No, um, so true. Uh, which, from where I sit, is kind of like astounding because well, I've been aware of Scott Joplin for decades and, and whatnot, but that's someone that's like me that's immersed in classical music, but for those that are not, and just know about Mozart and Beethoven. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, there's... There's a lot there's more a lot, there. There's a lot more yes. throughout history. That I, and I, I kind of take... I hope that's changing in our, in our schools in terms of, especially our universities, that we need to learn about these people. I mean, later on this year, there's going to be a feature film on Joseph Belong, you know, the person that was called the Black Mozart. We know we identify him as the, as the first black composer in, in classical music history back in the 18th century. Um, he was born in Haiti and taken over to France, became a great swordsman, became a great conductor, became a great <laughs> composer. Um, he, has, he has like a, a Hollywood style, a life. I mean, it's an incredible life, which deserves to have a feature film. And that's going to come out sometime this year. But um, I should have learned about this person in school. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I learned about Joseph Belong is that he premiered a lot of Joseph Haydn symphonies, and we, we, we always learn about Haydn. He's the father of the symphony, so we have to learn about Haydn. You know, he wrote 104 symphonies. We need mm -hmm. to know about his, his, his important contribution. What about the person that premiered some of his, <laughs> his compositions, and was also a composer himself, who, someone who even Mozart admired? Yes. You know, let's, we need to know about these people, you know? Well, hopefully we are taking one more step closer to that. Mm -hmm. So shall we gather? Where can we get tickets? And of course, the important part of the performance venue. Yes, so it's uh, Sunday, February 26, mm -hmm. 3 p.m. at Bethel Mennonite Church. That's 465 Stafford. And you can reserve tickets um, by calling, uh, I'll give you the number, 204 487 0302. Um, you can also send us an email at chamorkmb, or sorry, chamorkwb, so C-H-A-M-O-R-C-H-W-B at gmail.com.
Oh, well, Larry, thank you so much for taking this time before the open rehearsal. We look forward to the concert on February 26th and let you and the members of this Chamber Mosaic continue on mm -hmm. and play this incredible music. It's a gift to all of us. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much. We want to give a very special thank you to Larry Strong for being our guest on today's show and the staff at the Caribbean Cultural Centre. And promise us that you will go out and have the best day ever and we'll see you next time on Hue at Home. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.